0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text just news to 989898 right now. Hello, America. Welcome to the Saturday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from, yeah, you know where just the news. Thanks for joining us. We have a weekend-long tribute to those who died in the towers in the Pentagon in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, 21 years ago this weekend. the most deadly terror attack in American history, our generations, Pearl Harbor. Yesterday, we had an incredible interview with former Defense Secretary Chris Miller. What an amazing man, and a soldier first, a secretary second, and uh, a thoughtful man. And you heard what he had to say about going backwards in the war on terror. That theme seems to grow daily. As I talk to people, the Biden administration appears to have sent us a step backwards for the first time in the 21-year history of the war on terror. And today, we're going to take you to a second part of that exploration. Tomorrow, we're going to hear from the real heroes of 9-11, people like Bernie Carrick and Rudy Giuliani. But today, we're going to focus on a very, very important element of what terrorists are likely exploiting right now. This is not me saying this. These are the experts, the CPB the ICE counterintelligence and intelligence and counterterrorism officials that I talk about all across this country. At the end of the day, the open border, the southern border, the chaos is unparalleled in American history. Record numbers crossing, record numbers dying, trying to cross, record numbers of people with terrorism ties being stopped, unknown numbers crossing without us capturing them. It is a colossal Threat to American security, one that undercuts the very promise we made after 9 11 to never let it happen again. And today we're going to bring in two extraordinary guests. First, Mark Morgan, the former commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Agency, a former FBI agent who, by the way, was working counterterrorism on 9 11 before he moved over to border protection. We're going to talk about that open border, its consequences, what we all need to worry about. And then Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General, one of those gun-slinging federalists, meaning someone who believes in states' rights, using the power of the Attorney General's office in Texas to fight Joe Biden tooth and nail, to force Joe Biden, if he can, to enforce the laws on the book on immigration. He's going to join us. Two great guests back-to-back, former Customs and Border Protection Agency Commissioner Mark Morgan, and then the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton. Buckle your seatbelt. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, two great guests. You will know what you need to know on the border after these two great interviews. We're so grateful for their time on this busy Saturday on the 21st anniversary weekend of 9-11. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out, House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code justnews. That's promo code justnews at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait, go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code justnews for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As you know, we have been covering the border relentlessly from the moment Joe Biden got into office. The extraordinary changes from where Donald Trump left the border to where we are today. And our next guest has been a truth teller, has been on the front lines of accuracy and warning American people where we had it this entire time. He's the former commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Agency, really one of the great experts on this issue. Joining us right now, Mark Morgan, Commissioner Morgan, good to have you back on the show. John, thanks for having me as always. You and I have had some pretty great conversations that I know our audience has loved about just how much lives are lost, how much inhumane conditions these migrants must face in the hands of the cartels coming here because of the way Joe Biden has created this dynamic. A whole bunch of people are coming back from the border now, members of Congress, uh, attorneys generals from other states, and they're all saying this is inhumane, it's a humanitarian crisis. I guess when people experience it firsthand, they really grasp what you've been warning about, right?
1: Yeah, John, that's exactly right. Look, we, we, we've we gone over the fact that our open borders are killing Americans, right? Everybody gets that. Everybody knows 100,000 Americans have died from drug overdoses. We know drugs are pouring in. We know that criminal aliens are pouring in. Uh, again, just committing untold amount of, of violence and crime in this country. We know about the, ins- the, the increase of our national security threat because of our open borders. But here's also what you'll never hear from this administration. And I put this one directly on the hands of, of who I call the, the, the Secretary, Lying, Mayorkas, because this is one area that gets me more fired up than anything that they absolutely lie to the American people. He says that he's developed a safe, orderly, and humane process. John, first of all, it's an oxymoron to say that you could develop a safe, orderly, and humane illegal immigration process. But let, let me give you the facts and let me give you a couple of statistics. Another record shattered is the number of dead migrants that CBP and local law enforcement have recovered on our southwest border. CBP alone, John, it's not even counting state and local officials, over 1,000 dead migrants. I've actually seen migrants literally stacked on top of each other that were left on the side of a road as, as, as a message. But we know about the 53 migrants that died in the back of a tractor trailer of an asphyxiation, a horrible death. The, the the death toll goes on and on and on. And let's not forget about non-governmental organizations, Doctors Without Borders, have said up to 30% of young women and children are raped on the journey up here. John, you and I have talked about this. Their own mothers and the smugglers are giving uh, girls as young as 12 years old the morning after pill because they're expecting that they're going to be sexually assaulted. And, John, we haven't even talked about the atrocities associated with the expansion of human trafficking as well because of this administration uh, policy. Uh, last thing I'll say, what we've been saying, and you want to talk about, the most inhumane thing that we could do for the migrants themselves is to have open borders.
0: Yeah, it's really stunning. It's really um, remarkable to understand that we probably will finish this fiscal year, was somewhere between 800 and nine 900 migrants who died that we know of. And that's not counting the ones that never get discovered because they're left behind in the desert and in the country on the way here. But and I think that's two and a half times the last year that President Trump was in office. There doesn't seem, if, if 800, 900 people had died in a year on President Trump's watch, the media would almost certainly be up in arms calling it a crisis, but there's like crickets on this. Why? I mean, why do you think that media and members of Congress, with the exception of some Republicans, don't feel the guilt and pain and consequences of letting eight, nine hundred people die trying to get into this country?
1: John, that's a question. Look, at, I'll I'll say again, my my numbers said the CDP, they've recovered, CDP alone have recovered over a thousand dead migrants. And I go out and I talk to state and local law enforcement on the borders, and, and they've recovered dead migrants that aren't included in that 1,000 CBP. So the number is great, uh, much higher. And here's another thing a lot of people don't know, the Darien Gap, okay, so it's connected to Panama. That's some of the most arduous, rough, harsh terrain that uh, so many of these migrants have to navigate. The cartels and smugglers in that area are some of the most violent, ruthless. They've interviewed people that have successfully made it through, and they recount story after story of of untold amount of migrants that have died trying to make it through the Darien Gap. I mean, the, the death toll is staggering. And and look to 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 answer your question. This is the question. Look, the the mainstream media has been co- in complicit and and absolutely not covering this. They're supposed to tell the American people the facts of what's going on, and they don't. They they're not reporting that 95% of drugs and fentanyl come from the southwest border. They're not reporting that criminal aliens, murderers, rapists, and pedophiles are coming across the open border. They're not reporting about the national security vulnerability. And they're sure as heck they are not talking about the migrants that are dying. And that's why we keep saying open borders is not the right thing. But when are we going to say enough is enough? And when is a, 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 you know, a, enough Americans dying? When is enough migrants to die, dying before we secure the border and say we support immigration, but we support legal immigration? Come to our ports of entry legally. That's what is supposed to happen. And that's the safest thing for the migrants. If this secretary wants to have a safe, orderly, humane system, tell the migrants and force them to come to the ports of entry lawfully and secure our borders.
0: It is uh, really uh, remarkable that such clear solutions. I mean, what's amazing is you left a playbook. You presided as the commissioner uh, under President Trump, uh, under Secretary Wolf, under the most stable, secure, secure. Uh, border we had seen in in two three four centuries or two or three four decades, um, and uh, in just a matter of weeks it flips around. All of the solutions are there. I think there was this uh, extraordinary moment uh, in the last couple of weeks when the sworn testimony of the border chief was finally made uh, public, and under oath uh, he had to acknowledge that the reason we have a crisis at the border is that the Biden policies have no consequences for illegally crossing. Amazing that it took being placed under oath to get that answer, but it has a very significant uh, impact if people get to hear that, right?
1: Yeah, Judge. so look, I'm I, absolutely, I'm so glad you brought this up. So let's keep in mind, before we give this chief and we throw him a ticker tape parade, let's, let's keep in mind, for the last 19 months, he's, he's hidden behind the coattails of Secretary Mayorkas, right?
0: Yeah, he's been silent.
1: He, he, he has, absolutely. Through his silence, he's enabled Secretary Mayorkas to continue his lies and continue to lie to Congress, the American people, and continue to be the chief architect of these open border policies. Remember, it's the same chief that when the horse patrol were being lied about, their reputation, their careers were absolutely being tarnished. Every aspect of everything that they've done in their lives, this chief sat idly by and let it happen. He didn't come to the defense. He didn't bring the truth to light. So so I've lost all respect for this guy. And to your point, Finally, he had to, though, John, because he was under oath, and if he lied, he could have been personally liable for his perjury, and he finally had to tell the truth. He said it was a crisis, and he said it was a crisis because this administration's open border policies have eroded and taken away every ounce of consequences when you do that. Illegal immigration skyrockets. He finally had to the truth. John, something you know, something we've been talking about for a very long time. Yeah, it
0: was a significant moment. And uh, while it says a lot that it took a lawsuit or a sworn testimony to get it, uh, there is no way now the media, the president, uh, Mayorkas, or anyone else can uh, spin this. And I think that that's uh, something that uh, we have to just keep reminding people. There is no more spin on this. Uh, the, the truth is, there is a no consequences policy in this administration
1: that 's right john if i can 't sorry interrupt you but but I really want to see uh, uh, I want to see Secretary Marcus now following the testimony by the Chief under oath, as you said, I want to have the Secretary brought back uh, by by Congress in a congressional hearing, and I want them to play the question and answers from the Chief of the United States border patrol that works for him. And every single question, and then when he says it's a crisis, then go to secretary. So the chief of the board who works for you, is he lying or are you, are you lying?
0: It's a, yeah, that's right. Somebody's not telling the truth. I think we know which one because we can see with our own eyes, but it, it is, it's 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 important to pin both down. Uh, and it could actually play into the impeachment proceedings. There are a lot of Republicans, they may not impeach Joe Biden, but they're seriously thinking about impeaching Mayorkas. And this testimony could be exhibit one. Uh, of, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it's It was a remarkable moment and uh, one that we shouldn't forget. Uh, you're doing a lot. You know what I love about you, Mark? You never stop the work. You you may be out of the commissioner's job, but you're the they're fighting for sanity, good sense uh, uh, borders. You were down in Austin working with the great officials in Texas. Tell us a little bit about what you were doing there, what happened, and what perceptions and uh, ideas you left with.
1: Yeah, so it really it was just an ongoing, you know, another example, of some grassroots efforts. So uh, we, we were able to actually go to Austin to the Capitol. Uh, we, we were actually there. And there was a host of kind of subject matter experts. We had chief former chief Rodney Scott that was there. We had uh, Jason Jones that that is you know there for Newsmax and he's down on the border all the time. We had former uh, the, the uh, deputy secretary of DHS Ken Cuccinelli and myself and a whole host of kind of folks that are still in the fight that know this issue well. And we were just uh, talking about. What specifically, what are some things that can be done by the state? Like, Heritage, for example, they put out this great pamphlet, you know, the 20 ways that states can prevent illegal immigration. We know if you prevent illegal immigration, it increases our ability to secure the border and stop threats from coming across. And so we have some really great dialogue. There were some state legislators and state senators that were there. Um, you know, we spent some time, we spent the entire day there. We, we kind of went to, to dinner and broke bread and, and continued to talk about uh, what more can be done. And, you know, one thing we talked about too is, is that it's not just a humanitarian and public safety, national security crisis, but it's also a constitutional crisis. So we have the dialogue and we have the discussion about, um, you know, Article 1, Section 10, Article 4, Section 4 as well.
0: Yeah, what do you do when a president won't enforce the laws that are on the books that he has a sworn duty to to enforce? Uh, that is the constitutional crisis of, uh, that we're facing. And it seems next year it's going to come to a head if Republicans can gain control of at least one of the, the chambers of Congress. going to be interesting. A um, lot going on in the law enforcement space, uh, 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 but I want to... Take a look at something. I feel like the Big Apple just blinked and it doesn't blink often because Big Apple has big ego and New Yorkers are very proud. But Mayor Adams saying he had to send his own delegation to the border after all the goading from the Texas governor, after all of the illegal migrants were shipped to his town and called out, you know, called out the hypocrisy of the Democrats in blue cities. Um I know it's not going to be a serious uh, fact-finding mission, but the mere fact that the New York mayor had to do something to change the dynamic, does it tell you that these tactics are beginning to win, that Texas saying, hey, you want to see what it's like? Let us send some of them your way. Uh, That uh, It's happening. D.C. mayor this week uh, declared a state of emergency. It seems like blue cities are blinking now that they're feeling the consequences of what they've been preaching.
1: Yeah, John, look, I think you're spot on. And look, early on, when Governor Abbott first started uh, busing uh, illegal aliens uh, in, into the interior um, and threatened that, you know, I was one, I, you know, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back by this, but but I was only a handful full that was was, was uh, that that was saying that this was more, this wasn't a stunt, right? Because what I said was is that I there was no doubt in my mind by doing this, it's going to keep it in the discussion, it's going to keep it in the top. Fold. And that's what's so important. Look, something that Austin just somebody said. You know, it's not just about the truth. It, it 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 you know the truth, but the issue is we have to get the truth out there, right? And and so it's not enough to know the truth. It's we've got to communicate the truth. And by Governor uh, Abbott doing this, is that it's in the discussion now more than it ever has been, right? And you're absolutely right. And now, uh, but but let's, let's let's come back together, though, and like you said, we got to make sure that this is a substantive trip, because if they're not going to the heart of RGV, the Rio Grande Valley sector, like McAllen, or they're not going to Del Rio to Eagle Pass, which really now has become the epicenters, it's transferred from RGV to, to Eagle Pass and Del Rio. If they're not going there and actually going to the physical border and spending a couple of days there and actually seeing the devastation going on, then it's all smoke and mirrors, and uh, I'd be more than have to come back and call them out on it
0: yeah it's such an important dynamic to watch this play out and i think for the first time democrats are feeling a political reversal upon a boomerang i think is the right word and they're beginning to blink it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out um we're headed in uh, tomorrow to the uh 21st anniversary of 9-11 you've had this storied career in law enforcement people forget this but longer in the fbi worked for the la police um this this 21st anniversary uh, feels a little bit different than some of the more recent ones. There's this growing intelligence uh, chatter and I think this public sentiment that the failed Afghan withdrawal gave uh, the terrorists their safe haven back in Afghanistan for the first time in two decades. Uh, what do you hear, what do you see? What's your expert law enforcement assessment of the state of terrorism in uh, uh, in, in Afghanistan particularly?
1: Yeah, John, look, I, I think you just summed up one of the, the, the biggest issues right now and one of the biggest feelings. Look, I, I was there. I was in the FBI. I remember standing in Ground Zero a couple of days later. I was at the Pentagon uh, and I actually, as an FBI agent, I deployed to uh, Iraq and I was there for, for several months. Uh, so this is very near and dear to me. And what, what I experienced in the FBI, we transitioned along with the country from a, a law enforcement reactive organization to a proactive preventative intelligence-driven national security.
0: It's an amazing accomplishment. People forget it, but that was a big, big endeavor, and it worked.
1: It worked, and look, I I give a lot of credit to uh, Director Mueller. Look, he had some issues, uh, unfortunately, the last few years. But during that, we we have to give credit where credit is due. He really led that transformation. And so the big part of that, though, was the big part, what John was, was preventative and preventative and proactive through intelligence, intelligence driven, threat based, intelligence driven, operationally focused. And what I saw in Afghanistan is by pulling out the way that we did, we lost our eyes and ears. We lost a significant degree of intelligence. So not not only is it returned to a safe haven and a terrorist operating base. At the same time, we've lost key intelligence. And so I feel after more than two decades now, I feel like we've given up so much that we gain through intelligence. And uh, it just, it, it really, I'm worried. And now when you look at the southwest border, look, we have the intelligence community and even Director Ray, when he was finally in a corner to answer and say, yeah, the open border is absolutely a national security vulnerability and threat that we should uh, be serious about.
0: I think Governor Abbott said 80-plus uh, people on the terrorism watch list got through. Uh, another one that caught my attention, and this is one I know you you and I talked about, you were flagging this before anyone was thinking about this, uh, the number of Afghans that got into this country that weren't properly vetted. By the way, we want the good Afghans here. They deserve to be pr- pr- protected from the Taliban after their great service to us. But some of the bad guys got in here, the Homeland Security uh, Department's Inspector General, uh, excoriating report in the last uh, two days. Your thoughts on something as basic as screening immigrants before they get in the country. How do, we, how do we get that bad from all the successes we had made after
1: 9-11? Yeah, so here's the thing. We're, we're not doing it at all. That, so, so not only, and you're right, you, you want to talk to, you were on the I'm leading the edge of this too, calling it out. Look, we do. What, why? What was the big hurry? Once we got the, the individuals out of Afghanistan, John, you and I talked about what was the big hurry to get them to the United States, except for just a photo op. We could have given them to Ramstein, Germany. We could have gone to other parts of the world on military basis, and we could have properly vetted them. They were safe. Everything was good. What was the rush to get them to U.S. soil? So that that was a huge, significant failure. We're actually taking a national security threat and potential risk, for what? It made no sense. But, John, we're doing the same thing on our southwest border. The overwhelming majority of illegal aliens have no documents. I mean, think about this. For if, if 160 different countries, if we have an illegal alien coming from Cuba, from Nicaragua, from Afghanistan to Russia, the list goes on. Do you think that we're getting the the, the individual's true identity and their criminal history and everything about them before we let them go in 12 hours in the United States? It's not happening. We're letting, we're letting in potential threats every single day. And again, because our resources are pulled off the line, look, we're up to a million Godaways, John, a million. I mean, there, there are, I think there are like nine or 10 states in this country whose population is less than a million. And that's a number of Godaways. Think how many illegal aliens on the FBI's terror screening database have, are in this country. I keep saying the next terrorist threat could already be being plotted in the United States. It's unconscionable. Yeah,
0: it is unconscionable. And it, it's a risk that uh, we'll have not just a one or two or three year. Once these folks are in here rooting them out, when uh, there could be dozens and maybe scores, uh, it is a 10-year potential threat. The sleeper cells in bed, uh, and if they're assisted by a state um, uh, entity like Russia or Iran, uh, their ability to live here without our detection gets better and better with each moment that passes. It's, uh, it's such a moment... To absorb the damage that this administration has done. Last question, because I know you got to go, you're real busy. Um, What is it that Republicans can do in the short term if they get control of Congress next year? What's one thing they can do to start to squeeze the security back to the way it was at the border?
1: Yeah, so John, that's the question. And I'm really proud to have been part of. Uh, what we refer to as this coalition letter that, uh, uh, you know, about eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago, right, we developed. It was several conservative think tanks that got together and we 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 put together this letter that really provides a roadmap uh, for Congress, for the Republicans to do. If they follow it, we'll be able to secure the border. Now, what what I've seen in the past a couple of weeks is the leadership of, of the Republican Committee, they put out a what they refer to as a framework, right? Now, it's just the beginning, but that framework included the majority of what we had in that roadmap. So so it gave me some hope. But here here's the challenge, though. Let, let's not forget, you've not talked about this before. It's not that long ago that President Trump had the White House, the House, and Senate, and the Republicans failed to pass a single piece of meaningful legislation. So while, while I have hope because of this coalition letter and this framework that they released, Um, but it's gonna take extreme amount of political courage, strength and will. And that includes using the power of the purse, using the budget on the house side, to just say, nope, we're not doing it. We're not passing a budget. We're we're, we're going to shut down the government if you don't secure the border. So look, there are a lot of things happening in this country, and they're all very important. I'm I'm not downplaying any of those, but tell me one of the issues going on in this country right now that killed 107,000 Americans in a 12-month period. Tell me one of those that's allowing criminals, rapists, murderers, pedophiles, and gang members police in the United States every single day. Tell me one of those that is absolutely a verified, increased our national security vulnerability. The only one that satisfies all three of those is our open southwest border.
0: Yeah. It really does. Yeah, it's irrefutable. Uh, Mark Morgan, we are so grateful for your service. We're also so grateful for your wisdom. Every time we talk about this, we're reminded that it was just a couple of years ago that you and President Trump gave us one of the most secure borders in history. We all have to hope we're going to get back to that soon because the current situation is untenable. What a great honor to have you on. And thank you for your time today. You bet. Thanks, Sean. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why TitleLock Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge a signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam, your home is not in your name, and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it that's why home title lock is my choice find out for free when you use my code just news at sign up you'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free so go to home title lock.com use the promo code just news that's the promo code just news at home title lock.com go there today A man on the front lines of both the censorship and border security battles, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has been leading the fight to defend uh, Texas's new law outlawing social media censorship and trying to force the Biden administration to enforce those immigration laws on the book so we can stop the tide of illegal migrants pouring across the border. Uh, Sir, you've been repeatedly challenging the Biden administration's false narrative that the border is secure. And last week you got an important ally when the border chief, Raul Ortiz, testified under oath there's no consequences to the open border policies of Joe Biden. What did you think of that?
2: Well, look, I'm not surprised he said that under oath. He's not free to speak normally about what's actually going on. But under oath, he had to tell the truth, and he told the truth. And I really appreciate that he let the American people in on the secret that Joe Biden doesn't want the world to know, which is his policies are doing great harm to the to the border. They're doing great harm to my state, and they're doing great harm to the American people. And the American people need to hear that from somebody that knows the truth, which is the guy in charge of this uh, responsibility that, uh, of guarding and protecting our border. Yeah, so true.
3: Yeah. An Attorney General, we always hear about how it's a humanitarian issue to welcome these illegal immigrants into our country. But again, the Chief of Border Patrol, Raul Ortiz, also said that over the course of three days, his agents captured uh, 10 illegal immigrant sex offenders, four gang members and a murderer. Is this really the humanitarian crisis that the left says it is in the way that they say it is?
2: No, Amanda, actually, I'd call it the anti-humanitarian crisis. Uh, uh, initiative because we've lost 13 migrants in, in 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 crossing the river because of high high waters. We've lost uh, people in in trucks that are overheated. We've lost hundreds of, of migrants because they're dehydrated. We've lost uh, many of them because of of crime and criminal activity by the cartels. And, of course, we've lost Americans because of this. We've lost Americans because of crime. We've lost Americans because of drug overdose. There's over 100,000 and largely attributed to what's going on at the border. So lots of people are dying. The Biden administration knows this, and they are fine trading uh, American lives and migrant lives. So this is not humanitarian. This is about a policy designed to accomplish a mission, which is get more immigrants here to vote.
0: Yeah, it's remarkable, uh, and the, the toll. I think I, I, we heard from the Border Patrol union chief. It's going to exceed between eight hundred nine hundred people this year, which will be an all time record of people being reported dead at the border. Just an extraordinary number. I want to turn for a second to Joe Biden's speech. It's it's been almost a week, but the fallout is still there. There is an extraordinary feeling that the president took the wrong tone has the wrong policies, that the country's going in the wrong direction. Uh, you're, you have your finger on the pulse of the voters of Texas. How are they viewing this president, and how did that speech affect their views of him?
2: Look, I, I can't think of a, a speech that I've heard that's, that's any worse than what he said, basically accusing half the American population uh, of, of, of being bad and, and evil. And, and I think that's a pretty bad approach for a president to take just because he politically disagrees with us. So yeah, I think the American people know. They're you're going to see it in the elections. They know that everything this president has done has been designed to harm us. Whether it's inflation, whether it's uh it's energy, whether it's the border, whether it's Afghanistan, there is nothing that they've done that benefits the American people, and you can't you can't just be a bad president to do that. You have to be doing this on purpose. You can't accomplish this many bad things quickly without doing it on purpose, and, and it's pretty sad to say, but He is doing as much as he can to harm the American people more than any president that I've ever seen. And he's I think he's doing it on purpose.
3: Yeah, there there were a lot of unprecedented things about that speech and also just unprecedented things about this administration. Namely, something that John and I have been talking about the last few weeks, um, the notion that Joe Biden was of uncomfortably close proximity to this investigation into Donald Trump and the records held there at Mar-a-Lago. I wanted to get your opinion on that.
2: Yeah, I'm really not surprised. I know he denied it. Uh, he absolutely falsely denied that he had anything to do with it when he signed off on it, or at least gave uh, the archives, the National Archives the ability to, to waive executive privilege. I mean, that's a scary uh, precedent for the future because that means presidents can't trust the fact that what they're talking about in private, about very serious issues, is protected. I don't. I don't. Think that should be the law, and hopefully, the Supreme Court at some point will clarify that. But that is a scary proposition for future presidents. If their if their uh, their uh, successor can step in and waive their privilege, it, it's basically an illusory privilege. that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of people are really concerned about the precedent that the Biden administration is creating on that. I want to turn you. You are a law and order supporter, you, you back the men and women in blue every day, but you also worry about finding the balance with civil liberties. When you see the search warrant as broadly worded as it was for the Mar-a-Lago raid, when you see the over-collection of evidence, things like medical records that most law enforcement people, are, you don't grab unless they're part of the subpoena. How do you interpret the FBI's actions? What do you see as a law enforcement officer, someone who upholds the Constitution every day in the way they conducted that raid?
2: Look, I've seen the FBI do this with me. I've seen them do this with other people. They don't follow the law anymore, and they go way beyond what they're looking at to find any possible way. I mean, I feel like we're back with, uh, you know, Stalin's chief of police or of the Secret Service where he said, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. So it's almost like they're seeking to find a way to, to incriminate this president and put him in a position where he's been indicted. And I see this often with uh, Republicans. They seem to be very politically motivated. They're not, they're not, they're not designed to do this. They're supposed to be following laws and they don't appear to be doing that. We have a serious problem with federal law enforcement, with the Department of Justice and with the FBI. I have, I'm more concerned about this than almost anything in our country because it, it is setting scary precedents for things that happen in other countries that we would consider dictatorial or totalitarian.
3: Attorney General, I want to come full circle and get back to that uh, fact-finding delegation to the Rio Grande River there in Texas, uh, the group that New York City Mayor Eric Adams sent down there. He he said it was a fact-finding mission. He wanted to find out if those people really wanted to come uh, to New York, which I think we should all recognize the weight of the moment that for the first time in recorded history in New York are admitted that people don't want to come there. But with respect to the fact-finding mission, what is it you think he's actually trying to find out?
2: I think he's just trying to to bolster his narrative that somehow we're doing something wrong. Uh, I don't think he's coming down here to find facts. His his lack of credibility is incredible. And it's it's amazing to me that he has dealt with potentially a few hundred illegals. He created a sanctuary city that is designed to invite this. And yet he's very critical of, of Greg Abbott for actually following through on something that he actually says he wants, which is he wants to welcome illegal immigrants into a city. And when it actually happens, he starts calling them names and saying he's a bad person. Never, never noting that it's the president of the United States that actually created this policy that has been devastating for our state and and is costing us a lot more than it's costing New York City, both in lives and in economic costs.
0: Yeah, the toll is just extraordinary. So we got about a minute left. I want to ask you: You have been fighting on multiple fronts to get the Biden administration just to enforce the laws that are on the book. You're not asking them to make laws; you want them just to enforce that. Can you quickly bring us up to speed on the state of those lawsuits and where there might be some progress over the next few months in the courts?
2: Yeah, I mean, we had a disappointing loss. We won all the way up to the US Supreme Court on Remain in Mexico, and and now what that means is people can border. And the cartels know this and and of course the biden administration is is basically in a partnership with cartels where they just walk in claim magic word asylum and then they're transported around and the cartels are incentivized to bring as many people as possible we're in a bad situation and we're continuing to fight the title 42 issue and some of these other immigration issues but we're in a bad spot when we have a president that can get away through really even even through the court system he can get away with not following federal law It's his job to follow federal law and not make it. And unfortunately, we're in a position right now where this president has decided he doesn't follow what has been put in place by Congress. And he's just going to do this himself again, much more like a dictatorship or some type of totalitarian government rather than a constitutional republic.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I talked to a Border Patrol agent who yesterday told me, we don't have the rule of law, we have the rule of chaos. That's what the Biden administration's rules are. Attorney General Paxson, such an honor to have you on. Thanks for bringing us up to speed on so many important issues. Hey, thank you. Y'all have a great evening. You as well. Great to have you on. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. And use the promo code JustNews50 to get 50% off. That's the code JustNews50 at Factormeals.com. One more time, Factormeals.com slash JustNews50. Use the JustNews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Mark Morgan. Thank you to Ken Paxton for spending so much quality time and bringing us up to speed on the danger that the open border under the Biden administration poses to all of us. Important, solemn thoughts to think about as tomorrow we read the names of all 3,000 who perish and we never forget and we celebrate and we embrace and we also embrace those who lost loved ones on that day or in the war on terror that followed it. Many, many, many brave Americans, 10,000 in all, victims, of the ultimate sacrifice in the war on terror and many, many more wounded and grievously living with us still, thankfully, but with many wounds that will never fully heal. So thank you for your sacrifice, all those who are the warriors of freedom in this 21-year war against jihadism and terrorism in the world. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Check out our special 9-11 special. You'll be excited. Bernie Carrick, Rudy Giuliani, Frank Sillars, and of course, Chad Wolf, the former Homeland Security Secretary. And then we're going to hear also from the head of the group that honors the brave men and women on Flight 93 who were willing to crash their plane and kill themselves to save many countless more people in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, on what was supposed to be the fourth hijacked flight. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with that special. Until then, God bless you and have a wonderful night. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free, and it's easy to get started, and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews.